If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to the little book of Jude? Jude is next to the last book of the Bible. If you didn't know that already, you'll find it right before Revelation. It might be one page. It's probably one page in your Bible. The book of Jude. False religion and false teaching is nothing new. Uh, you need to know if you didn't realize it, but, but it's likely you, re- you know this and you've noticed it and recognized it, that false teaching and false religion is all around you in the world that you live in. Whether it's the false teaching of Buddhism or Hinduism or Islam or Roman Catholicism or Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses, false teaching holds a firm and powerful grasp on many people. False teaching can also get a foothold in our lives if we aren't on guard. I went through, just went through that list of false religions and you might say, well, I'm not that, but it's very easy if we're not careful to get caught up in false teaching if we aren't on guard, if we aren't careful about what we put in our hearts and minds about the Word of God. And as we begin looking at this short letter, it's going to be a a few weeks uh, that we're going to be in this little letter, but just a few, not as long as Philippians. Uh, Just a few weeks in this little letter. As we begin looking at this short letter, this epistle of Jude, Looking at the first four verses today, we're going to start looking at the first four verses today, and I want you to see the urgent need for God's people to be contenders for the faith. God's people need to and are called to, and you'll see it in the passage this morning, God's people, those who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, are called to contend for the faith. So follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read from the English Standard Version beginning in Jude verse 1. We're going to read four verses. Jude, one, Jude verse 1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, although I was eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now go back to verse 3, where it says, look at verse 3 again, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So Jude is giving an appeal to the believers to whom he's writing to contend for the faith. And what follows in this letter is a serious warning against false teachers 
and against false teaching. And we're going to see that even more clearly in the coming weeks. We're going to see more clearly in the coming weeks how serious, the serious nature of this. We're just beginning to look at the first four verses to get today. The urgency here for contending for the faith is seen in this statement in verse 3. And I want you to note it because it's an important statement. It's the, it's the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Now, what is the faith that we're talking about here? It's this. It's what the Bible calls the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the truth that verse 4 says is being perverted. It's the grace of our God seen here, which false teachers pervert into, and it says here, into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, who is Jesus Christ. If someone wanted to know, I want you to think about this. If someone wanted to know what the gospel is, could you tell them? I would suggest that for every believer in Jesus, you ought to make this a very high priority. That you, that you could simply, and, and you can do this, every, every believer in Jesus can simply and very simply explain what the gospel is, what the good news is. Could you do that if someone said, what's the gospel or what's this faith that you have? And you could say, well, this faith that I have is it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what the gospel is. And you can do this very briefly. I think every believer could and should be able to simply state the gospel. So what is it? You're waiting, right? What is it? It's the good news of Jesus, Jesus Christ. And it's simply this, it's, it's that God the Son was sent by God the Father by way of virgin birth. And Jesus lived a sinless life. And then He was crucified and died on a cross. And the purpose for which He died, God had sent Him to die for sinners. And then He was buried and then God raised him from the dead, and now he lives, and he actually lives in every believer by way of God the Holy Spirit. And he forgives and saves and keeps sinners for all eternity. That's it. Now, you don't have to say it just like that, but those are the basic truths. And I would encourage you that if you can't do that, if somebody were to say, what's the gospel, you ought to work it, trying to, Synthesize that into your into, into a real quick answer, and it can be very quick and very simple because this is important. What the Bible teaches us about the Lord Jesus Christ is an absolute necessity for our faith. And the gospel makes clear that this is all by God's grace and not because of any works you perform. Salvation is the free gift of God to all who believe in Jesus. And that faith, that gospel is being twisted in the world that we live in and has been twisted for many centuries before ours. It is being twisted and changed by many false teachers and is leading many more people away from the truth of the gospel. And so this is critical. So this letter is warning against the perversion of 
the twisting of, the changing of the faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verse 3, Jude calls it our common salvation. And he calls the faith, he calls this the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So if you are a believer in Jesus, this passage is calling to you to contend for the faith, to stand up for the gospel, to tell people the gospel, to tell people about your faith in Christ. And I'm thankful that God's word is very good to equip us for this purpose. God doesn't leave us empty-handed in coming up with our own way of telling the gospel. I, my little brief description of the gospel is just from the scriptures. It's, it's what the Bible tells us. And God's word is good to equip every believer to be a contender for the faith. And you can see how the Bible equips you in this passage, in beginning in these first four verses. And I want you to see that. I want you to note this first. To contend for the faith, you need to be armed with faith. To contend for the faith, you need to be armed with faith. Armed with faith in Christ. Now, how are you armed with faith in Christ? You can see it early in our passage in several statements, and I want you to note those several statements. Note them, note them. first of all. First, Jude calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Now that's interesting. That's interesting because James was the half-brother of Jesus, which makes Jude a half-brother of Jesus. But he doesn't lead with that. I think that's interesting. He doesn't start with half-brother of Jesus. <laughs> what does he start with? He starts with a servant of Jesus Christ. To Jude, more important than being a half-brother of Jesus was that he was a servant of Jesus that's important. And that instructs our faith. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God calls you to be a servant of Christ. Make that your priority, your earthly priority as you look forward to an eternity with Jesus. If you're a believer in Jesus, you too are called to be a servant of Jesus Christ. And part of contending for the faith is seeing yourself as a servant of Jesus Christ. So arm yourself to contend for the faith with your faith in Jesus Christ as his servant. Another way to be armed with faith in Christ to contend for the faith is seen when Jude says he's writing, look at it, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Christ. Now we're not told who the readers of this letter are, but we know they are believers in Jesus by how they are greeted. And Jude says they are called. He also says they're beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. 
And that's true of you. If you're a believer in Jesus, these descriptive statements are true of you. And this will help arm you with faith in Jesus to contend for the faith. It's true of you too if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is part of how God intends to arm you with faith in Jesus. Your faith needs to be strong if you're going to contend for the faith. And this is how God intends to equip you and strengthen you, strengthen your faith in Christ and arm you to contend for the faith. You have a high calling. You are called if you have trusted in Jesus. That is, called by God. Think of that. That's like what we hear in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, where Paul writes to Timothy, and all believers in Jesus have this in common with Paul and Timothy. When Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.9, who saved us and called us, to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. In Christ Jesus, you too are called to a holy calling. And part of that holy calling is to believe in and seek to obey and contend for, stand for, the faith, the gospel. You believe in it. You're you're to seek to live by it. And and here in this passage today, we're seeing that we're called to contend for the faith. In Christ, you are also beloved in God the Father. Now, how is that? How is it you're loved in God the Father? Through God the Father's sending of God the Son is how you are loved in God the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ was sent by God the Father. God the Father sent God the Son. That's Romans 5.8. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's because God the Father sent God the Son. And so you are beloved in God the Father. And you are called, you are beloved, and you are also kept. And oh, this is so important for your faith. To be strengthened in your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to know this. You are kept by God. How is that? How are you kept? This is what Jesus says in John 10 Verses 28 through 30. I give them eternal, important word, eternal life. And they will, here's another important word, and they will never perish. And another two words that are very important. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. Verse 29 says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand and just just in case you're wondering if the lord jesus christ is god in human flesh or not verse 30 says i and the father 
are one. So you are not only called and beloved by God in Christ, but with your faith in Christ, you are also kept by God for all eternity. And nothing and no one can snatch you out of his hand. The implication is, what is there to fear? And the answer is nothing. And yet we fear, don't we? When it comes time to contend for the gospel, sometimes we fear. That's why we need to be armed with faith in Christ. Another way you're armed with faith in Christ to contend for the faith of Christ is seen in what Jude points to in verse 2. Go back and look at verse 2. He says to these believers, and this is God's word to you too, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Your faith is armed with God's mercy. God is merciful to you. God has been very merciful to you, and He continues to be merciful to you. God in His mercy forgives you and cleanses you of your sin, and in His mercy spares you from the penalty of sin through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that is just the beginning of God's mercy. That's God's mercy poured into your life when you trust in Jesus and trust in Him alone. Your faith is also armed with peace. So there's mercy, but there's also peace. Your faith is armed with peace. With your sins forgiven because Jesus paid the penalty for your sins, you are at peace with God, which was impossible before He saved you. You were enemies of God before He saved you. That's what the Bible says. You are not only enemies, but you are dead in your trespasses and sins, and you are His enemy. You weren't looking for Him, but He came looking for you. With your sins forgiven because Jesus paid the penalty for your sins, you are at peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus promises to give you His peace as you continue to trust in Him daily. Keep your eyes on Jesus every day, no matter what comes. Will hardship come? There will be hardships. There will be challenges and trials. But keep your eyes of faith on Jesus, and God will see that even in the midst of turmoil, you'll have His peace. Even in the midst of a shed tear, you'll have His peace if your eyes are fixed on Jesus. That's what we hear Jesus say in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. God's peace is multiplied to you when you keep the eyes of your heart fixed on the promises of His Word. You need the Word. And your eyes of faith fixed on Christ. You need the Word and you need the Holy Spirit which God has given you as a believer in Christ, to take the word and to give you faith to keep trusting the Lord every day, to keep taking steps of obedience because of his finished work on the cross for you. You can have faith. You can be strengthened in your faith and you can have the peace that only God can give you. And then your faith is also armed with love that will be multiplied to you when you keep looking to Christ for hope and strength every day. 
You realize that God wants us to grow in love and he helps us by beginning this work in us. He loves first. He pours his love into us by way of the forgiveness of our sins and by way of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and by his word. In fact, this love is lavished on you by God and he intends for you to grow in his love and so much so that his love becomes your love. And that you don't even think about it. You just love because God is loving you and he's pouring his love into you and you're reading the word and you're taking steps to obey and you're learning to love. That's the truth of 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. And so Jude wanted the believers to be filled with God's mercy, peace, and love so much so that it overflowed from their lives and that's part of how you are armed with faith to contend for the faith faith in the lord jesus christ a strong faith in the lord jesus christ will prepare you and equip you to contend for the faith the gospel you have the multiplied mercy peace and love of god And so you need to be armed with faith in Jesus. And then secondly, to contend for the faith, you need orders to follow. You need orders to follow. You need instructions. You need orders if you're going to be a contender for the faith. And God is gracious to give us instruction. In verse 3, Jude says that he wanted to write concerning their common salvation. His purpose originally for writing, he wanted to write to encourage them in the faith, to encourage them as they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and live each day of their lives. He wanted to write to encourage them, but instead he realizes that these believers are being overwhelmed by false teachers. We're going to see it as we dig further into this book in weeks ahead. They're being overwhelmed by false teachers. And he needs instead to write instructing them, charging them to stand fast, to be strong, contend for the faith, he says. Now in the original language, the term that's translated here in the English Standard Version as the phrase appealing to you is really, is really, in the original language, is really a military term. It's like a, a general giving orders to his troops. And so, really, the sense of it here from the original language is really a call to arms, a call to battle. It's a call to a spiritual battle. And so this is not Jude begging them to do this. He's giving them a serious charge. This is a loving order. He loves these believers to whom he's writing. He cares about them. He wants to write about the gospel, encourage them in their faith. But really, he he realizes they need protection to stand firm in the faith and to contend for the faith. And so he gives them this loving order, this serious charge. Jude is urging the believers to fight for the faith. Contend for the truth. And so contend for the faith, says Jude. These are your orders. These are your instructions. And we're going to see it more clearly in the verses that follow in future studies. But in the original language, the word that we have translated for us here as contend describes an agonizing struggle to defeat a strong opponent. 
And false teaching is a strong opponent. And it can be an agonizing struggle to try to convince people of the truth, try to help them see the truth when there's so much false teaching that surrounds us. So why contend for the faith? I I think it's obvious why to contend for the faith. Why be willing to go through the agonizing struggle for the truth of the gospel against a strong opponent? Because there's so much false teaching going on in the world that we live in. And notice that Jude is careful to say that this contending is for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Why is this important? That's an important statement. That faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Note that phrase. It's important to understand that. This is what we're contending for. The faith, the gospel, was delivered to the saints once for all. We can hear that same truth in Hebrews 10, in verses 10 through 12. And if you were in the men's Sunday school class this morning, you heard this. Hebrews 10, verses 10 through 12. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God once for all. Once for all, whom God will call to himself and save and keep for all eternity. Once for all. That's why this is important. Why is this important? Once for all means that you have everything you need for faith and practice. If you have your faith fixed on Jesus and on Him alone, and you have His Word in your hands, we must contend against anything that opposes or changes the faith the gospel delivered once for all. Because there is no other gospel You realize that? There is no other gospel than this gospel, this faith. Anyone who comes along claiming to have a new revelation from God must be dismissed. God's written word to you is complete. It is finished. You have his word and you can hold it in your hands and you can hide it in your heart and you can live by it with God's help and you can understand it with God's help. We talked about this last Sunday evening, the illuminating work that the Holy Spirit does in the hearts and minds of a believer who humbles themselves before God's word. You have the Bible And you have God's Spirit living in you to help you live by the Word of God if Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And so you are armed with faith. And you have your orders. And next time we're going to come back to this passage and we're going to learn that contend for the faith 
to contend for the faith, you also need to recognize the enemy and you need to follow your master. You need to contend for the faith for the sake of your own daily walk with Christ. And for the sake of your gospel witness to the watching world, and you are being watched. The world is watching you and wants to know if your faith is real. It is real if your faith is fixed on Jesus Christ and if you have God's word in your hand and you are hiding in your heart. You need to contend for this faith for the sake of your own daily walk with Christ and for the sake of your own testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ before the watching world. You need to be on your guard. Don't ever compromise the truth of God's word. Don't ever stop humbling yourself before the Word of God. And I would suggest that that should happen daily. <clears throat> Follow your Master. Follow the Lord. Follow your Savior, Jesus Christ. Stay in the Word. And with God's help, you will be a contender for the faith. And God will be honored and glorified and magnified in your life.